everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service. You're in complete control of your own podcast. You can run it from your own website. And it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. Um, Today I have with me uh, the author of two novels and numerous short stories that have been published in many magazines and journals, literary journals. His latest book is Hungry Town. It's my pleasure to have with me Jason Kapkala. Did I say that right? Uh, Kapkala. Kapkala. Jason Kapkala. Well, hello, Jason. Thanks for being here. Thanks for spending time with us. It's my pleasure. Now, you have two novels, but you have many short stories. Did you start off writing short stories? Yeah, I did. Um, I kind of uh, went the um, the academic track, um, you know, went through uh, an MFA program. And, and when I was there, um, started out learning to write stories, um, short stories. Um, and, and actually, the, my first book was a, was a short story collection, but it was a, a linked collection. So they all kind of, you know, tie in with one another. And it was all based around um, the, the town where I grew up. Um, and uh, uh, so, so sort of, um, you know, that, that area in northern Pennsylvania where I was from. And, um, you know, then after, after that, um, I, I started moving into writing longer things, working on novels and, uh, and wrote, wrote my first novel, um, Hungry Town and kind of got into that, uh, that mode of writing about, um, crime and, and police. Does your work tend to focus on small towns? It does. Yeah. Um, I always, I always write about a, a fictional place, but there's always elements of, of, real life places um, that, that influence uh, those towns. And I, I just do that because I think I like the freedom of being able to put things where I need them as, as the story demands it, right? So if, uh, if I need to have a river here, I can put a river here. Nobody's gonna say, hey, I'm from that town. There's no river there. Um, but uh, I, um, I um, you know, I'll go ahead and, uh, and, and really, base these towns on 
places where, you know, the first one was a place where I was from, but in other cases, uh, places I know. So the, the town of, of Lodi in the, the novel, Hungry Town, um, it's kind of a amalgamation of um, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which was very close to where I grew up and it was a steel town, of course, and had a large steel mill there. And, um, you know, it was really at, a, at not non-functional by the time that I was, uh, you know, um, old enough to pay attention to it, but it, um, I, I still passed the kind of the ruins of it a lot. Mm. Um, and then, um, it's also, so it's sort of part of that and then part Athens, Ohio, where I did my, my master's. Uh, which was also a uh, formerly an industrial town, kind of turned college town. It was um, a it had a brick factory and um, brick streets and everything. And so it was. I don't know that there's really a town in, in existence that is quite like the one in my novel that would have a mill the size of the mill in the novel, but also a town as small as Athens. But um, but I kind of went with that and um, ended up naming it Lodi, but it doesn't have any any connection to the actual Lodi, Ohio. Um, if anybody's from there, it's it's not your Lodi, it's a fictional one. That's interesting because I kept thinking of Lodi, California. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I picked that name. Someone had said to me once, you know, they think there must be a Lodi in like every state of <laughs> the country. And so I was like, yeah, that does seem like a kind of every town name. And so that's that's why I went to, ended up going with it. Plus I like the, the Greetings Clearwater. Revival yes. Song, so. Gotta love the credence. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a preference for, for for writing short versus long? Oh, definitely long. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed writing uh, short stories when I, when I first started it, but I definitely like the space to uh, to branch out and, and work longer, longer forms and, and really tell my story kind of. And, it really and, allows you to set the scene too. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So what is your latest novel about? Uh, so the, the one I, I just released, you mean? Yes, the one just yeah, released. Or it's actually a year now, but... Um, well, yeah, the one that I know of. You just right, <laughs> right. Because I am working on one, so I didn't... Yeah. Um, the, oh, uh, yeah. So Hungry Town is... Um, it's really about... Uh, uh, well, there's sort of two storylines that go through it. One is the, the story of two police officers, uh, Rue and Mall Queen. Um, and uh, it sort of starts out with um, an accident that happens uh, when they're investigating a, a silent alarm that goes off at the uh, local abandoned steel mill. And uh, they find some kids inside, uh, you know, up to things they shouldn't be. And... Uh, they're joined by another police officer who uh, he gets a little too rough uh, with with the kids, um, you know, kind of unnecessarily for no reason at all. He overreacts to the situation, um, and as a result, um, you know, one of the kids is uh, is hurt. And I don't, I won't say too much, you know, more plot wise, but it um, it ends up having ramifications for uh, the two characters, Rue and Mall Queen, who weren't uh weren't directly involved in that but um but who were present um and it forces them to really question uh, that you know their their law enforcement their jobs in law enforcement and what they're doing and um you know and they both kind of end up taking different paths as they 
they deal with the fallout of this. Um, and then um, running parallel to that is a, a story about um, a young woman named Darla who is on the run from uh, her abusive ex-boyfriend and he's hired a couple of um, local guys um, to kind of track her down. And um, those two stories eventually by the end of the novel, uh, they intersect with one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, how would you describe your writing in terms of the subgenre? Is it more police procedural? Is it more noirish? Yeah, I would, I kind of would call it like, um, you know, country noir or uh, I've heard people say Southern Gothic. I don't really think it's Southern per se, but it's the same notion that sort of Rust Belt Gothic or Rust Belt, Belt Noir um, is sort of my interest, Appalachian, um, you know, Noir, something, something along those lines, you know, kind of small towns, economically depressed, um, industrial towns, and kind of taking a look at the, the darker aspects of, of that. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Elmore Leonard. That's an yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 a, a perfect example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. He was great. Yeah. Um, how much research did you need to do before you started writing your novels? Uh, I did quite a bit of research. Um, you know, I don't have a law enforcement background or anything like that, so I did do some research um, into that, and I, I try not to do so much research that it becomes. Um, you know, for, for fidelity to, you know, detail and things like that become so persnickety and stuff that it gets in the way of, of the story where it feels like every page you're just reading, you know, a laundry list of factoids that you knew the author researched or something and it felt like they had to get in there. But um, I did do a lot of research into that. Um, I had, in a strange way, did a lot of research into, um, horse training because Darla, the character of Darla, who I mentioned, um, is a, a horse trainer. Um, and so kind of had to learn some things about, um, you know, uh, about that profession. And then also um, uh, one of the characters, Mulqueen, um, uh, he, he owns a, a hot dog stand, a hot dog shop. And so, uh, I always joke I did a lot of research into hot dog. Went to a lot, ate at a lot of hot dog stands um, in, in the name of research, and that is something that uh, you know it was part of going to Bethlehem, PA. They have a has a a, a big food culture there, uh, kind of unique huh. food culture there. And I used to go there with my my dad and my brother, and we would go to some of our favorite hot dog stands, Yakos, Pots, and other places like that. And um, so that kind of found its way into the book uh, in, a, in an unusual way too. Cool, very nice. Um, I love when local color works its way into writing. Yeah. What authors have most inspired you? Um, well, it's a laundry list of, of authors probably who, who I could say have inspired me. Um, but in terms of this book in particular, um, probably the most uh, inspiration came from um, actually not a crime writer, but a writer by the name of Kent Harris wrote the book Plain Song, which was, I think, a National Book Award finalist, uh, maybe. Uh, I don't 
couldn't say I remember the year, but um, it's a, a book about um, um, ordinary people really who live in a town, fictional town of Holt, Colorado. And, uh, you know, they're school teachers, they're farmers, they're, you know, uh, elementary school kids, they're women who work in, as waitresses and, and diners, they're, you know, and they just sort of a, a novel about their lives and, and how they intersect with each other. And that was a, uh, a book that, you know, each chapter starts with a different character name and follows that character and that kind of like William Faulkner style. And um, that was, um, that was a book that was really influential on, uh, on me uh, when I was writing this. Um, and then uh, there was another book called um, Anything You Say Can and Will Be Used Against You by Lori Lynn Drummond. Um, and it was a collection of short stories, actually. And she was a police officer in Louisiana, I believe, um, wrote a collection of short stories. Um, and, uh, you know, that was one where um, I think probably the idea to write uh, this book and uh, and to write it from the perspective of police officers, uh, you know, I, I probably owe a bit of of that to, to reading that book. Um, and then I, if I were going to say one more, I guess I would say, um, you know, at the time I probably had written a draft of the book already uh, by the time this came out, but there was a book, uh, American Rust by Philip Meyer. I know he's written some other books. The Sun, I know he's written The Sun, which was turned into a, I want to say a, a television series, but I don't know what, what station, but um, American Rust kind of got a lot of attention. It came out, it was doing very similar in the sense that it's a book that also opens with an accident in, a, in an abandoned steel mill. Um, and so when it came out, you know, that was one where I was like, oh, I have to read this book. This is, you know, kind of similar plot wise to what I'm doing. Um, and, uh, and he writes very different uh, than I do, but uh, it was a book that I loved. And, uh, you know, I, I think was just, uh, I, I think felt uh, connected to uh, and and in whatever way that has influenced my writing, I'm, I'm sure it's uh, it's only for the better. You know, they all sound interesting. Um, what are you working on now? Um, I'm working completely different kind of project now. I um I always my goal is to kind of like not do the same thing twice. Um, although I do think I will. I'm toying with the idea of returning to um, particularly the character of Rue um, in this uh, this book, Hungry Town, and potentially visiting her some years down the road uh, again in a another another book to see where she ends up and things. But right now, what I'm working on is a um, it's kind of a long um, not a novel uh, sort of novel and stories. I mean, it's sort of self-contained chapters, but but really is, is a novel uh, about a small town rock band. Um, and it's set again in a fictional town. Um, and that town's based on uh, Centralia, Pennsylvania, where um, there's some, uh, and the backstory of Centralia is really interesting. There's a, um, a, a, a trash fire that was set there, um, I wanna say sometime in the eighties maybe. Um, and, uh, it seeped into an underground coal vein, and um, now there's a fire that burns underneath this town of 
Centralia. It's of course a, a condemned town now. Not not many people live there, um, if, if anybody. But um, this fire has been burning underneath this town uh, for for many years, and, and and will continue to burn for many years more. And uh, I thought that was kind of a neat setting to um, to explore. I've always been kind of fascinated with the story of that town, and so um, I have this town of Stillwater. Um, in this book that I'm working on. And I have this uh, small town rock band um, and this novel really sort of follows the, the lead singer of that band who um, right when they were on the verge of, of their first break, um, he, he took their kind of golden ticket and took off for California to make it solo. And um, now it's eight years later and he's coming back home uh, to, uh, for the funeral of one of his, his old bandmates and he's um kind of has to like face these people he hasn't seen in, in quite some time and uh, the drummer who was his girlfriend at the time uh, she has a daughter um, who is the the right age that she could have been his could be his daughter so he's not sure about that and, uh, so he's kind of now now being put back in the the uh, the orbit of these individuals who he's wronged and and, and has to kind of figure out how to make things right. It all sounds kind of serious, you know, the way I describe it, but it's actually a, a, com a comic book, a comedy book. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's basically like following him as he gets himself into one ridiculous, stupid situation after another and kind of does, does dumb things. So, uh, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, uh, I hope it, uh, I mean, I'm still working on it. I hope, Hopefully it'll be uh, successful, but if not, it's been, uh, I mean, there's multiple ways it could be successful, I suppose. And it's been really uh, helpful to me to, to be working on it and to be writing something, uh, you know, a little less grim and a little less hard boiled than, than the last book. You know? I can thoroughly appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you work on this stuff after a while, it's kind of like, I really need to lighten up. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to do something different, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can appreciate that. Uh, let's see, what advice would you give to anyone who would like to have a writing career? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a, a <laughs> good question. <laughs> um, well, um, I mean, I, I have some of the, uh, you know, the old cliche ones I can give, right, which is, you know, to read a lot. Um, that is, of course, um, it's cliched, but it's still, I mean, really good advice, I think. Um, I mean, read it, read a lot and read not just whatever it is that you want to write. Like, don't just limit yourself to read. If you want to write crime novels, don't just limit yourself to reading crime novels. Read broadly, read everything you can get your hands on. Um, and you'll be surprised how things can kind of make their way into to what you're doing. And then... Um, you know, I, I think that the thing that's always worked well for me is a, a practice, and I don't know if it works for everybody, but I'll pass it along anyway. Um, I always just try to write, sit down, write, you know, be dedicated to it, be serious about it, commit yourself to it, put forth the effort and time, um, you know, but try not to, you know, write, writing, I think, is, is something that I, I've never been able to think my way through. Right. I just have to kind of write and let 
you know, all of the kind of associations and things that are within me come out and, and come out onto the page, um, you know, at least in that first drafting session of things. Um, and, uh, and I think if you write with blinders on, you know exactly where you're going all the time and exactly what's going to happen. You've got it all figured out and then you sit down to do it, then you, you run the risk of missing out on some pretty unexpected, um, you know, better ideas that may come along through the act of doing the writing. And sometimes that's the most enjoyable part, I think, for me is like, when you're like, where did this idea come from? This is great. And it sort of starts, the story starts writing itself and you're just sort of there you know, trying to keep up. Um, and then I think when I go to revision, I take the opposite approach. I'm, I, I try to make it about, I try to figure out what it's about or what I thought it was going to be about and then try to make it about anything else. I just try to write against the grain of, of my intentions. Um, and again, in order to just kind of view it um, fresh, right? And, and, and to not get trapped into, um, you know, just seeing it, you know, one way. Um, I think sometimes you're so close to things that I, I, this is probably true for people and working in a lot of, you know, different areas. You, you've become so close to something that you can't really see it for what it is. And so one of the ways I try to do that is just try to make it about something else. Um, and again, sometimes you get some really, uh, go in some really interesting directions um, yeah. that you didn't yeah. expect. You know, just trying not to be too precious about it, right? I mean, it's a living thing and it's okay to kind of mess with it, you know. I don't know if you're in a writer's group or anything, but I've always found that helpful, giving it comments is, yeah. from other people. Yeah, I'm not in a writer's group currently. I was um, in the past. Um, uh, now I'm in a, a, a book group. We sort of have transitioned into, um, you know, just based on need and, thing, and time and things like that, a, a reading group. We read them books and discuss them but uh, I do have one uh, very good friend um, Renee K. Nicholson who's also a, a writer she's actually a nonfiction writer um, a memoirist but we had met during graduate school and uh, we're uh, readers for one another and uh, you know I can always trust her to uh, to give me honest feedback and, and good feedback and, and helpful feedback and feedback that comes from a good place. And, and I try to do the same for her, you know, so having, having your reader or readers, I do think is, is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? No, just, uh, just really uh, happy to, uh, to have had the opportunity to share a little bit about the book. Um, you know, really, you know, proud to see it out there. Um, you know, on, on West Virginia University Press. And um, I am, uh, you know, uh, I am hosting a giveaway, which I think the information will be on your your blog uh, shortly. So if folks are interested in, uh, in reading it or, or putting in for a copy, uh, the information on that will be there. And, and otherwise, um, you know, I hope if folks read it uh, and enjoy it, they'll, they'll drop a line. Um, and if you read it and you don't enjoy it, I, I suppose you could drop a line too. That's okay, but <laughs> but maybe 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 not. I don't know. Uh, but um, but yeah, uh, hopefully uh, you know it, it it finds a its readership out there. I'm sure it will. 
Well, um, I just want to thank you for being here. I appreciate uh, your time. And um, oh, also, I got to ask you, uh, you're from northern Pennsylvania, anywhere uh, close to uh, Pittsburgh? Uh, so I'm from, well, so I'm, interestingly enough, I'm from northeast PA and originally um, up in uh, the, I, I, up in the Poconos, um, but not very far from, uh, from Allentown, Bethlehem area. Um, I now live in northern West Virginia, so I'm really only an hour south of, of Pittsburgh now. Um, so I've been to, yeah. you know, it's not hard for me to get to Pittsburgh. I get to Pittsburgh quite a bit. Yeah, yeah I used to live in Monroeville, actually. Oh, okay. For a very short period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. <laughs> uh, there are so many fond memories I have of Monroeville. We can talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a nice area. I mean, that whole... I mean, honestly, both both sides of, of PA are, are nice areas. Yeah, they are. And I, historic, I like historic areas, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of history there, indeed. Well, thank you so much again. I appreciate your being here. And um, with that, I will just say thank you to all my listeners. Um, thank you. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. They help. Also, check out our Patreon page. You'll see I've been adding lots of bonus episodes if you take a look there. So my patrons will have plenty to uh, enjoy, plenty of content. Um, so until next time, when my guest will be Lori Buchanan, I would like to uh, wish you happy reading, happy new year, and just take care and have a nice time. Be seeing you.